Born in 1592 in the Highlands of Scotland, and he is still alive. He is immortal. Constantly facing other immortals in combat to the death, the winner takes his enemy's head. And with it, his power. We know the truth about immortals. In the end, there can be only one. May it be Duncan MacLeod, the Highlander. And welcome into Let's Watch Highlander. This is Let's Watch Highlander Season 4, Episode 20, Till Death. And with you to talk about it, as we are every week, I am Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis, and with me is Audie. How are you, Audie? Doing all right. It's been a week. My wife (laughs) is at a conference, and so I've had the boys by myself all day, all night, for the past few days. They go off to Nana Camp tomorrow, so... Oh, there you go. Then you can uh, sleep the entire time they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, excellent, excellent. So, uh, so yeah, we're we're winding down uh, season four. We've got this and two more episodes left uh, of this season. Um, it's kind of crazy to think we're almost through four seasons of the show. I know. It's just nuts. That is crazy. Uh, this was. I had some fun with this episode. So. Yeah. I think the writers had some fun with it, too. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Uh, so, look, I've got a Watcher Chronicle. Uh, by law, we have to play it. So here's that, and then we'll talk about the episode. Oh, yeah. Gina and Robert de Bellacourt are about to celebrate their 300th wedding anniversary. I can't imagine what it must be like to have been with someone for that long. The love and dedication it has to take for them to stay together is astounding. Of course, it doesn't hurt that they have everything they need in that huge mansion of theirs. I assume they will be getting married all over again, as they apparently do every 100 years. Gina will probably want Duncan to give her away again. I'm sure it will be an amazing event that I will see from the catering table. At least it should be a quiet week in the world of Duncan McLeod for once. So our episode opens up uh, with uh, a giant mansion uh, in the subtitle of Just Outside Paris, 1921. We see a woman sleeping, and suddenly she wakes up feeling the presence of an immortal. So we assume she is an immortal as well. A man walks mm-hmm. in, and he's got a mask. She, she asks him who he is, what he's doing there. He's like, I, I've come here to take back what's mine. And, uh, and of course, she's having none of it. She pulls out her sword and then uh, cuts the mask off of his face and says, The Baron de Velacourt. And, he go, and, and of course... You know, the response is, ooh, you shouldn't have seen my face. And a sword fight ensues. And they fight from room to room. Uh, and he he cuts away at her nightgown a little bit. And they're fighting and fighting. And finally he corners her, backs her up against the wall. And they embrace and kiss. And it was all a ruse. It was just a game mm-hmm. these two play. I guess to spice up their love life. Uh, you know. It, Apparently. I mean, my note was that was some serious foreplay. <laughs> well, hey, you know. With immortals, you never know. Whatever, whatever does it for Everybody's you. Everybody's got their kink. Whatever. Yep. Uh, so Mythos is at the barge with Duncan. Uh, he needs a place to stay. His place is being sold. The apartment that he's living in uh, is being sold. And uh, they have a little banter. Duncan starts going through his mail when he finds an, an invitation to a wedding. It's uh, the wedding of Gina and Robert de Velacourt, 
which is who we saw in the, in the cold open. Um, mm-hmm. They have been married for hundreds of years now. They are celebrating their 300th wedding anniversary, and every 100 years they get remarried. And then Duncan remembers... Like you do. Yeah. Uh, Duncan then uh, wistfully remembers the time that he met Robert uh, when he and Fitz were madly in love with Gina. And we get a flashback. Yes, we do. Um, so coming back from the flashback, we, we go out to the mansion. And here's Gina and Robert, who, as Duncan has said, uh, are perfect for each other. It was a marriage made in heaven. Smash cut to them screaming at each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Because she wants pink linens and a string quartet for their wedding. And he got white linens and booked a rock band. Like He's doing everything wrong. She's upset with him. They're screaming and yelling at each other. And then Duncan walks in with a sort of, hey, did I come at a bad time? Um, and Gina has a little tantrum, throws a Ming vase down on the floor, smashing mm-hmm. it, uh, and then walks away. So Duncan and Robert have a little heart-to-heart. Uh, Robert is, of course, very uh, upset. He's worried that their their relationship is falling apart, that this might truly be it. Duncan's like, look, every marriage goes through ups and downs. You've been together for 300 years. Of course, things aren't always going to be perfect. Right. Um, convinces him that, hey, you're being an idiot. Just apologize to her. Make it up to her. He's like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. He goes to Gina. He tells her he's you know, woefully sorry. He'll do whatever to make her happy. And she says, I want a divorce. So now Robert is crestfallen. He he just can't mm-hmm. uh, he can't deal with it. Um, he wants to win her back somehow. He's he's afraid that if he doesn't if he, he can't be with her. He doesn't know how to be anything else. Um, what if something happens to her? Duncan makes the comment of, "Well, what if something were to happen to you? How would she react?" And he's like, "Oh, oh, that's a good idea. Oh, that might work." And uh, Duncan, in I guess a good idea question mark, (laughs) realizes that he could have Mythos play the part of the bad guy immortal. And so Mm -hmm. they set up a staged fight between Robert and Mythos in order to win back Gina. Duncan brings Gina to the warehouse where they're fighting. Uh, They are, they they begin their fight as, you know, it's mid-fight, whatever. Um, She comes in, she tries to get at Mythos with Duncan holding her back uh, before he can take Robert's head, obviously, which which obviously isn't going to happen. But before it can right. happen, she chases him off, declares that she will find the immortal uh, and kill him. Um, Duncan goes back to the barge to talk to Mythos, who is eh, a little annoyed uh, with how things mm-hmm. went down. But... He only did this um, because Duncan agreed to give him the barge in return. So he yeah. was like, keys, let's go. Give me the keys. <laughs> Duncan He's like, I ha- thought you were joking. Yeah. Yeah. So Duncan has to reluctantly give his keys to the barge to Mythos, takes a few of his things, and leaves. He goes out to, uh, to talk to Robert to see how things are going. Robert's like, well, it's fine. Um... But, you know, you'll have to talk to Gina when she gets back. And Duncan's like, back from where? Oh, she went to your place. (laughs) So they hightail it back to the barge. Meanwhile, Gina has shown up there and sees Mythos in the barge. Duncan and Robert show up at the barge just as Gina walks out saying it's over. I was married once, you know. Well, come to think of it, I was married 67. No, 68 times. You've had 68 wives. 
Yeah, never one of us, though. So, special guests this week, we have a few. Uh, we're going to start yeah. with Peter Wingfield as Mythos. Again, 100%, knocks it out of the park. Great. I like... I like Mac coming into the barge to Mythos meditating and doing like throat singing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, once again, he's so well written. His lines are delivered so perfectly. Uh, when Duncan is yeah. trying to convince him to to do this deed for him, uh, and I love that because he's giving him tea, and he's like pampering him with the tea and the cookies and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, he says, uh, "You'd be helping me out." And Mythos is like, it won't work, McLeod. I haven't felt guilt since the 11th century. You know? <laughs> or I loved at the beginning, too, when Duncan gets the wedding invitation, they talk about it, and Mythos is like, yeah, I've had 68 wives. And Duncan's like, what? <laughs> yeah. 68? You? Yeah, I love and that. He's like, it's- yeah, but they were, they were all, they, none of them were one of us. I couldn't have handled that. Yeah, I, I love like, I, They okay. weren't one of us. I couldn't handle that kind of commitment. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. good. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, Peter Wingfield is just a joy to have uh, in any situation because he can, because Mythos is 5,000 years old, you can really utilize him in just about any way you want. You can write almost any story because he's lived it all. Mm-hmm. And so it worked out. And it's really funny when he lords that over Duncan's head for whatever oh, reason. Oh, yes. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I, I never will tire of any of his his little witticisms uh, just all the stuff that Mythos brings to the to the series is great, and Peter Wingfield, mm-hmm. you can tell, just just loves playing him. He's just having yeah. so much fun doing it. Um, in our flashbacks, we get Roger Daltrey is back. Yeah, we as do. Hugh Fitzcairn, and I love that because obviously, with a show like this, you can bring anybody back in a flashback. That's the beauty mm-hmm. of it. And so, this was a great way to have Fitz there to have. And, and have kind of that same sort of relationship that Duncan and Mythos have in a lot of ways, um, but be able to do it in the flashbacks, where Mythos obviously wouldn't mm-hmm. be back. Uh, right. And it's just great to see Roger Daltrey again, because we both loved Fitz so much. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. He is so good at Fitz, and just Roger Daltrey's rapport with Adrian Paul and their characters. I mean... It's just great. They play off each other so well and obviously are having so much fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what's great about it is, like, at this stage in their relationship, because the flashbacks take place, we'll talk about, but uh, in, like, the late 1700s and the late 1800s, and Duncan and uh, Fitz are very much friends, but, like, rivalry friends. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're just constantly ripping on each other, but you can tell there's a mutual respect between the two of them, but they haven't... They haven't gotten to the point of like where they are in the present day up to Fitz's death. Right. So they're still kind of they're, they're jabbing at each other more. It's it, but it's like all playful, and it was so much fun uh, mm-hmm. to have. So it was great to see For Roger sure. Daltrey back. Just slips right into the character. Perfect. He really does. Um, we had our our bride and groom, uh, Robert de Velacourt, played by Jeremy Brundell, uh, Brudenel, mm-hmm. and uh, Cecile Palas as Gina de Velacourt. Um Now, Jeremy uh, Brudenel, you may remember from season two episode, The Vampire. Yep. Because he was the vampire. Uh, yeah, and he was. You, I mean, obviously, if you're watching through like we are, you're going to recognize him, but they did a pretty good job because in that episode, he had the bleach, short bleach blonde hair. 
mm-hmm. and they, he was more pale as the vampire. And so this was, while it's still obviously the same actor, he at least is able to kind of play a different type of character. And he looks, you know, they let him be a little more tan, darker hair. He's sure. still got those eyes. The eyes are very, like, right. piercing. Um, but I like him. And I liked this mm-hmm. performance better than him as the vampire. Yeah. Uh, he had more to work a- with, and it was, you know, just more on the page there for him to actually do something with. Yeah. Yep. And he got to do, he got to have more range to the character. You know, he starts off uh, when we first meet him, he's kind of a rogue and he immediately falls in love with Gina. But then we see like in present day, he's, he's still very confident, but he's starting to like, without Gina, he doesn't have that confidence anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, over the last 300 years, he has the way he's changed during their, the time of their relationship and how different he is from the, the swashbuckler that he was uh, back then. So it makes for an interesting kind of character. And then Gina um, is having tons of fun because she just gets to play everybody against anybody. Uh, Yeah, she does. And we'll talk about that in the flashbacks, but um, I thought that she was really good. And I think that the chemistry between the two of them worked like they, yeah, they pulled off being a married couple. They did both in terms of like loving, but also the fighting. And the way that mm-hmm. they fought, sure. So, yep, I like that, that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, all in all, I mean, it's good, good work from all the guests. You know, you get uh, obviously we know Peter Wingfield and Roger Daltrey know their characters, and so to have them mm-hmm. is almost like having just your normal cast members, and right, and to have fits in the flashbacks, Mythos present day, similar roles but differently done oh, yeah. uh, is a lot of fun, and then. Uh, the married couple that are at odds after 300 years, it was perfectly done. I thought. Yeah. And you've got to, you've got to compliment Jeremy Brunel and Cecile Palas for the way they were not in any way below how good everybody else was in the episode. Like they were right there with everybody. Oh, absolutely. We've had issues where other people in the cast just weren't up to the par. Mm-hmm. With you know Duncan and everybody, but this episode everybody was playing on the same field, and so like that's that's one of the reasons this episode is so good is because they're all doing such a good job together, you know, playing playing on the same ep- episode and playing at the same level in their acting and stuff. Yeah, and it's tough when you have you know actors that are portraying a role they've done multiple times, and then somebody comes in to do a one-off. It can be hard to match, maybe match that level. But what they did with this was Robert and Gina are very simple characters. And so they don't have this overly complex thing going on. It's a very simple, there's, there's barely a plot uh, to speak of in the episode itself. It's all just interpersonal relationships. And so Mm -hmm. I think that helps too. And then again, to have good on-screen chemistry between the two of them helps. Because it makes that opening scene where they're sword fighting great to to roll right into the affection between the two of them and then having them fight, but be able to get over that. All of that I felt like was very believable. Yeah, so for yep. sure. I'm with you on all that. Uh, speaking of flashbacks, we had some. Yeah, we did. You call that a fight? Well, if it wasn't for the lady, he'd be dead by now. Indeed, without her intervention, I would have been lost forever. Oh, please. 
Spare us. So flashbacks kind of dominated this episode in a lot of ways. Uh, I would say yeah. a full half of the runtime is done in flashback. Um, yeah. You know, Especially we, with that cold open, like, out of the gate. Hey, flashback. Yeah, which we don't see very often. We've had very no. few instances. I can think of one or two others, maybe. Um, but we had flashbacks in 1921, and then 1696 and 1796. And mm-hmm. when we start in 1696, it's Duncan remembering him and Fitz, both of them madly in love with Gina. And I like how Gina invited them both on a date on the same night. Both of them think they're taking her on a date in a different spot. She's got ulterior motives altogether. So right. she's already playing them as fools. And She's got them wrapped around her little finger so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and it's a fun scene, right? Because like they're bantering back and forth before she shows up. Then she shows up and they're falling all over each other and themselves trying to impress her. And then when she lets mention that, you know, well, this guy stole stuff from me. They're both, again, just falling over themselves trying to help her. And then they yeah. get inside, and as soon as Robert shows up, she doesn't even see them anymore. They might mm-hmm. as well not even be in the room. Um, right. And I just, I, I very much enjoyed that. And then we get that uh, after she just, leaves. Oh, go ahead. One, one thing real quick. Just that scene of them eyeing each other. I was just like, love at first sight in Highlander? Okay. Yeah. All right. And the, the way they played it, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. Mac and Fix, you might as well leave right now. You're done. Yeah. And then and then for them to be like, well, I'm not going to the opera with you. Well, I'm not going to the opera with you. <laughs> yeah. But maybe we can go to that German uh, German guy's house and have dinner. Like, So there's that, again, that playful banter between Fitz and Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, even after... They both kind of already know that they've lost uh, the game that they're playing and that Robert is going to take Gina out for dinner or have dinner with her or whatever. They're still like trying to one up each other (laughs) with like, well, if she hadn't gotten in the way, he'd be dead already. And and Fitz is like, "Ah, if it had been me fighting you, you'd be a foot shorter and an octave higher. Like all that kind of stuff was just great. Um, and then we cut immediately in in this flashback forward uh, a few months to right. once again, they both have been invited for dates. They both think they're the one going on the date with Gina because she's still got them just tightly wrapped around her little finger. Um, mm-hmm. And she brought them both there to give her away at her wedding. So yeah. <laughs> she just, she owns those two boys. They are yeah. powerless. Um, it's funny how much she likes playing with them too. Like, oh, she definitely. She could have not done anything, but she definitely was like, "I'm gonna have a little fun." Uh huh. Oh, for sure. She she enjoys it, and uh, and more power to her. Um, yeah. Our next flashback is a hundred years later, 1796, at the 100th anniversary of Robert and Gina's wedding, and uh, this one is also fun because once again, there's the friendly banter between Duncan and Fitz. But then some other people get involved in it and they mess with Fitz. Hardcore. And it's so good. Um, where they make him think that he is uh, engaged. And the way that all plays out is so well done. It's such a great yeah. little prank they pull when she finally is like, I'd rather marry a horse's ass. And, <laughs> and that, But then he walks away with and her then, to dance anyway. 
And Duncan and the other guy are like, how does he do that? <laughs> it's because it's, it's Roger great. Daltrey. That's how he does mm-hmm. it. For real. It's um, interesting, too. Like, um, they don't explicitly say it, but you get the feeling that this is a bunch of immortals coming together. Yeah. Because the way they talk about their different lives and stuff, I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I really like that. That's something that I'd love to, like, dive into and see more, is, like, this gathering yeah. of a bunch of immortals. Because we're so conditioned in the mythology of the show that they all are always at each other's throats and they're always fighting. Mm-hmm. And we just get these little tiny pockets of like, you know, two or three immortals that can get together at once. It's kind of cool to right. see this idea that there could have been a bunch of them all got together to celebrate this, this thing. Right. Or enough of them that they're in the crowd and are freely talking about it. You know, it may, yeah. maybe not everybody was immortal necessarily, but enough of them were and knew each other. They were like, what's up, dude? What's yeah. up? Um, and then, then the, uh, the flashback takes a turn because as they're talking about, oh, we're going to, uh, you know, such and such for our, uh, our honeymoon and this and that, and the revolution is going on. This is in France in 1796 and word comes in that Robert's been taken and they're taking him to the guillotine. He's going to be beheaded. So of course, Duncan and Fitz are like, we'll help you. And they go to take off and there's one more funny moment where... Gina's like Fitz help me take this dress off he's like what now <laughs> do, do we have time <laughs> like Fitz ever the optimist um, yeah but they they the three of them go and they rescue Robert and that mm-hmm. is a nice way to set up how they will get the two of them back together later right um, because she obviously he's in danger she loves him she's going to do whatever it is to to protect him and save him and mm-hmm. so they do and uh i i also liked the moment where robert wakes up and there's the guy sitting there like this this young boy helped uh to rescue you and then he grabs his wife and kisses her and the guy behind them is like whoa <laughs> yeah, he goes, this young did that this young lad is my wife and then he gets this like knowing <laughs> smile it was <sighs> so oh it was so good mm-hmm. Um, I loved too when uh, Duncan and Fitz came riding up. You you could see their little friendship really there of them having fun <laughs> fighting off the oh yeah people and being the distraction and showing up and they see them kissing like ah, okay well still that was fun <laughs> you know that's just it like they realize it, it says something about both of them that they realize how happy she is with Robert. And so even though they pine for her for hundreds of years, like a hundred years after she got married, they still pine for her. But Mm -hmm. ultimately they want her to be happy. They see how happy she is with Robert. And so they will do anything to defend that. And that is like such a pure form of love that I just Mm -hmm. love. I I love seeing that. Um, Yeah. I think the flashbacks, you know, this is an episode that, works being flashback heavy because I feel like if they don't have, if they don't have a heavy amount of flashbacks, we don't have reason to understand why this couple who's been together for this long should stay together. Mm -hmm. You know, it would, it could just be, well, they've been together for 300 years. Fine. Things run their course. Let them go on. But no, they've like, these two belong together. And, Mm -hmm. and so seeing all this flashback and seeing how they met and seeing what she was willing to go through, to save him and all that kind of stuff helps. And yeah, you know, obviously more fits is always good. So yeah, 
for sure. The the one thing I would have liked to see more of is them dealing uh with Roger himself. Um or Robert. Um maybe just one little conversation where they're talking about Gina and <laughs> Robert just eggs them on. It's like you you guys gotta stop. I mean, it's <laughs> funny and all, keep trying, but you should just stop. Because it ain't happening, boys. I'm sorry. That probably you know, would, just, have, would have been good to have. Just a little extra. I mean, at this point, it's like there was only so much they could do in the show. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that would have gotten cut out. Um, and I'm okay with the way they did it. But still, it would have been nice to have one little thing like that of them talking to Robert in the past. Yeah. So it's not just Duncan with Robert in the present. Yeah. And maybe some acknowledgement when Duncan shows up of like you know, having heard about Fitz and being sad about that because really other than Gina mentioning, you know, oh, the old days with, with you and me and Fitz, they don't yeah. say anything. And like Fitz is dead. He's, his mm-hmm. head is gone. He's not coming back. So, you yeah. know, that was that I, I would go with that. But like outside of that, no, it's, it's good stuff. I, right. I loved mm-hmm. having Fitz back. I love the banter and the playfulness of their relationship and just all of it. And it was nice. It was lighthearted. It was good stuff. And they looked mm-hmm. good. The They were able to center most of the flashbacks around the mansion, which helped. Right. Um, because it gives it a consistent look. It's probably the same mansion we've seen who knows how many times in different oh, iterations yeah. on the show. Uh, but They it's just still... do different angles for each episode. But yeah. yeah. Just show it from a different angle, different house. Because all mm-hmm. those mansions look alike. Um, right. But yeah, it was good stuff. Mm-hmm. She's really leaving. Is there any chance she'll change her mind? She divided up the record collection. The vinyl? <laughs> She's leaving. So, once again, no Richie, no Joe, but really, honestly, Richie doesn't play into this storyline at all, so we don't need him, right. and he would have he would have been superfluous. Um, mm-hmm. Joe would have been interesting to have. I will say that. Because of, like, he could have had, you know... Oh, this this cool, you know, he would have, we could have seen him like fanboy out over a couple of immortals that have been married for 300 years and like that kind of thing, which could have been yeah. interesting. But because as we talked about with the flashbacks, really kind of carrying the heavy lifting of the story, there wouldn't have been enough runtime in the present to have Joe there and Mythos and have right. Mythos doing what he does. So you either have to, and it has to be an immortal that Robert and Gina don't know for the whole thing to work. So right. it would have had to restructure whatever was going on in the present day to, to fit Joe in there. So I understand why he's not there. It would have been, that's just like extra flavor. That would have been kind of cool to see him, you know, to see how he would react to that or to have him geek out over it or something like that. Sure. Um, but you know, he's not there. That's fine. Uh, I'm sure he's yeah. showing up here in this, in the season finale anyway. Um, the fights in the show, uh, in the episode were, were decent. There's a couple of them. The first one I thought was Mm -hmm. well choreographed. Um, I also liked that they incorporated the visual effect of the sparking swords uh, Mm -hmm. in their fight so that when they would cut to an outside establishing shot, um, they could just do some flashes in the window and you know, Mm -hmm. it's just the fight continuing on. So I kind of liked that. Right. Plus, that was the fight at the very beginning of the episode. Yeah. Plus, it was a fun uh, fight. Like it's it was 
as mm-hmm. the fight went on, it became more playful. And that's sort yeah. of when you start to realize like something, because it's the cold open, we don't know these characters. It's, it's fun to see the evolution of that fight where it starts off very sinister looking and it gets lighter and lighter as it goes and the music changes a little bit. And so mm-hmm. it's that storytelling in the fight. And then to have it, right. you know, go the, the route that it does and we find out it's just uh, some very elaborate foreplay. Um, yeah. You know, it's pretty fun. The fight with Robert and Mythos at the end was short, but what I liked about it was at one point they come together and Mythos, it's like a pro wrestling match. Mythos is calling the spots. Mm-hmm. He's telling him what well, I they're like- going to do. And that even before we get there, just when the car is pulling up, they look over and they just clang swords. So it sounds like they're clanging. Swords yes. Yes. For the effect. That was, was so like, good. Ding, 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 ding. Like both of them. I was just like, okay. That's hilarious. That is very good. Like, honestly, I want more of that in the series more of like mm-hmm. kind of poking a little bit self-referential of like, yeah, we fight with swords. Because that yeah. is funny. Um, mm-hmm. But then I love like him saying, you know, remember, head, hip, head, thrust, then jump back. Like he's calling it out for him and they, mm-hmm. they're, they're making up the choreography on the spot. Um, so that was pretty cool. And uh, I like too that Mythos gets a little overzealous with the stab. <laughs> and, yeah. and he kind of, when he does it, he sort of says he's sorry. And then uh, later on, Robert's like, you know, he didn't have to, he didn't have to do quite so much. Um, because again, it's fun. <laughs> this this whole episode is very fun. It's very light, um, mm-hmm. and it's nice to have that because we're coming up on the end of the season. Season finales are always going to be heavier, right? Because yeah. you gotta you gotta have that good, uh, big storyline to like pull people in at the end of the season to get them ready for next season, and, and right. all of that. And bring your, you know, if you have any kind of stories, bring them to a close. So to have mm-hmm. this nice little palate cleanser in there right before the end of the season yeah. is great. This is one of those episodes that, as a syndicated show, can sprinkle in just about anywhere, and it's going to work. Yeah. Because if it's first or second season uh, and an episode, you you can play this after one with Fitz, and it's like, oh, I know that guy. Mm-hmm. But there's also Mythos thrown in there. Like, no, it doesn't contradict anything. Yeah. I like that. You know, it, it 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 isn't a filler episode because that would be something that doesn't doesn't need to be there. I feel like this is this isn't a oh you have to watch this episode to understand Highlander, but but at the same time to kind of understand the show this is a good episode to see. I was going to say this isn't an episode you have to watch, but this is an episode you should watch. Yes. Cuz it's that good and setting up everything it's very similar you and i just had a conversation about an episode of the x-files on another show Mm -hmm. and it's very similar to that that episode of x-files is not required viewing to to know the x-files but it's an episode of that show you should see and this is very much like that this is Mm lighthearted. it's fun we have characters we like there isn't uh like anything overly melodramatic none of that it's just here's some immortals having fun I got to say, it's some of my favorite lines. Like when Duncan's talking to Robert uh, after he tried to convince her one last time before they come up with this plan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's like, she divided up the record collection. And Duncan's like, the vinyl? Oh, she is leaving you. (laughs) I love that line. Like that right there is such a great 
moment where it tells you so much about the relationship between these people mm-hmm. in just one line of dialogue. Right. Like you can infer and so then, much from that. It's I love that. And then my other favorite is after the fight, Mythos has the barge and he's looking around through Duncan's stuff and he's just it's funny how much Mythos apparently likes more modern music <laughs> than so many immortals. And he goes, No Springsteen, no Queen. Oh, Queen, really? Fan of Queen. Yeah. Mm, okay. Mm, indeed. And then Gina shows up and he feels her and it's like, ooh. And I love that too, because he's just like opera, opera, opera. Man, a lot of opera on this boat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, anything But with, it's funny that the like it's just funny that the oldest guy on the show yeah. likes the more modern music. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's so perfect. I mean, anything with Mythos is just made better. He just mm-hmm. they write him so well. Peter Wingfield understands that character so well. And he just has fun with it because he's he is able to do anything you need. He can be funny. Mm-hmm. He can be silly. We'll see later on. He can get dark if he needs to. And he's done yeah. all of these things over 5,000 years. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty pretty interesting. This is... And on, then... Oh, go ahead. The, just, I just... We got to talk about the very end about how she comes for his head. Oh, yeah. And then Duncan and Robert pull up and they're like... They only see her walking out of the barge, and she's like, it's done. And they're like, mm, what? It's Duncan's flipping out. It's like, no, 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 no. And then Mythos pops up like, hey, boys, what's up? Hey, guys. <laughs> and and the, the interplay between Mythos and Duncan, where at the beginning of it, you know, there's Mythos, and he's like, why are you here? Like, don't you have somewhere else mm-hmm. you could be? And uh, I love the line of, I wouldn't stay at any hotel Adam Pearson could afford. Um, you know, and then later on when he, when he's like, well, fine, I'll do it. Give me the barge. And Duncan's like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. And he goes, no, I'll do it. Give me the barge. It's fine, fine, fine. And then they do the thing. He's like, all right, give me the keys to the barge. And Duncan's like, ah, you were joking. It's like, where am I supposed to stay? I just had it redecorated. <laughs> and, uh, and then on top of that, the very end, he's like, oh, I've got my wedding gift for him. I'm going to give him my boat. Yes. <laughs> Duncan's like, what? You just got it. Why are you giving it away? Oh my gosh, that whole thing. And then he throws the keys at Duncan to give it back to him, and he drops the Ming vase. Yep, <laughs> that he was going to give was them. Obviously, going to give them to replace the one that Gina broke. Like, <laughs> that was just again. That was some of the excellent writing on this show of you know going back and forth with what happened, what's said, and what's done. Like so well done. Yeah, and and on top of that, like you get yet another great mythos moment where as Duncan is pulling the vase out and he's taking the stuffing out of it and all that, and he's very petulantly throwing all the stuffing on the floor of the barge. (laughs) And making a mess. Making a mess, yes. And Mythos is like, you know, back when I was in China, those vases like that were a dime a dozen. Boy, if only I knew then what I know now. Like Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Oh, it's so good. I just I, you need episodes like this uh, of of shows. You need those fun, mm-hmm. low stakes episodes because right. they could like. There's something to explore there with immortals in relationships and married and mm-hmm. and being monogamous for three hundred years or more. Um, sure, but this episode didn't need to go there. It's just they're in love. They they will remain no. in love, and and. And Duncan and Mythos had those conversations well enough that I think it mm-hmm. it 
it it works well enough for this episode without getting too heavy into that thought process. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you could go heavier with something like this and it would be interesting to explore that. Mm-hmm. But we don't need that. And they touch on it enough where Mythos is like, look, that's a commitment I don't want to make. And this is somebody, right. you know, he's a survivor. And so I can understand that when, you know, we, as far as we know, Duncan has never made that kind of a commitment as far as we know. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's all of that. Uh, it's very interesting. You know, Duncan has had plenty of, uh, of lovers that have been mortals. Uh, mm-hmm. But here's a couple that are like, no, we're going to tie the knot forever. Um, so. Right. It's very, very cool. This is a good episode. It's definitely one worth it seeing. It was. Mm-hmm. Plus. For sure. Again, Mythos and Fitz. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Roger Daltrey just, has ev- just got so much charisma. Yeah. This is just a really fun episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Well, uh, that wraps up episode 20, Till Death. And uh, next week we have episode 21, Judgment Day. No. We are we have two episodes left in this season. We've got Judgment Day and then the finale, two minutes or one minute to midnight, uh, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that will wrap up season four. So we are on the home. We have rounded third base and we are almost home. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to gonna get interesting here. Um, yeah. After which we will have, of course, our season recap and awards and, and then watching Highlander Endgame. So that will be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'll be something. <laughs> and uh, if you enjoy this show and you want to see it recorded live, you can do that Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time, twitch.tv slash TV's Travis. And you can see Audie and I. Uh, you can yep. watch us record it live, see how the show gets put together, uh, hang out in the chat room with Ace, and um, just have a good old time. We, we enjoy uh, anybody being here. And if you can't be here, that's fine. The show comes out on Thursdays at anchor.fm slash Let's Watch Highlander. And uh, you can yep. get it there, or you can get it anywhere that podcasts are found. Just look for Audie's fantastic artwork, which once again, mm-hmm. nailed it. So here's one more interesting way that they told the story of these people using the swords in the sword fight. When I was looking it up, I was like, I think it was one of the Highlander wikis. It was saying they both had the same sword. And I thought that was super interesting. That this married couple, for whatever reason, at some point, were like, we're both going to have the same sword. Yeah. So, and and I noticed that, but I didn't think about it. Like you mm-hmm. mentioning it right now is making me realize, oh, that's right, because you see his sword and then you see hers. But I, it didn't dawn on me during the episode. But that's a cool little like added bonus thing of like these people have been together for so long now. Kind of yeah. makes sense in a way. <laughs> Instead of exchanging rings, immortals <laughs> get similar swords. There you go. That's how that works. <laughs> Here's your engagement sword. And after the ceremony, you'll have your wedding sword. It's less yeah. ornate, but it's sharper. Mm-hmm. So it's good stuff all around. This is a great episode. Um, and uh, and you found a great way to do that art with the crossing swords and having having the same thing. That was really cool. Uh, yeah. And you post that uh, those on Twitter on uh, Tuesdays, correct? Yep. And Try to is... post them in the morning or early afternoon-ish. Give people <laughs> yep. heads up. Hey, don't forget, we're recording tonight. Yeah. But and yeah, you can find that. Uh, my Twitter is the Audie Norman. The Audie Norman. And I am TV's Travis. And uh, both of us love to talk Immortals or anything else. We 
the two of us uh, co-host a show on classic television called Those Were the Days with Stephen Adams and Amy mm-hmm. Frost. We have a ton of fun with that. That's uh, that show is available anchor.fm slash those were the days show. Um, so check that out too if you like just old TV uh, and old old stuff. Anything mm-hmm. basically anything twenty years or older. So yeah. right around the turn of the century and older, we cover at some point or another. Mm-hmm. So until next week and episode twenty one. Judgment Day. Remember that there can be only one Hugh Fitzcairn. Unless Duncan gets in his way again. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)